Hey everyone, and welcome to the Flophouse Mini, the off-week episodes where we're not talking about a bad movie, we're just kind of talking. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Tom Brokaw, American <sighs> newsman and author of The Greatest Generation. Yeah, Some would say the definitive story <laughs> of the baby boomers. <laughs> yeah, we've got a, I mean... Uh, probably our biggest get as a guest, Tom Brokaw is here now. I mean, Al, yeah, Al, Dan, stepped... you're reading his credits, right? You're gonna you're gonna give all his credits yeah, to everybody. His Dan, are... Dan uh, I can tell you're a big brokehead. Uh, name for me what network did I anchor the lead evening news desk for 22 years? At? Uh, that would be NBC, Tom. Oh, oh, wow. I, to be honest, I did not expect you to get it correct, and yeah. <laughs> I feel a little silly for asking. Well, okay. Well, Tom's here, of course, stepping in for Elliot. I got a, I got a text right before the show. He was saying something about a butt rash, having like just like a terrible, contagious butt rash. Uh-huh. So. And that's weird for Elliot because normally he doesn't text. He really only likes to call when he's calling <laughs> us about butt rashes. Yeah. <laughs> I've also received many calls in the night from Elliot for that oh, wow. particular malady. But it's I'm, weird. It's weird. You'd think you'd just go to bed instead of stay up all night with a butt rash. But I guess when you got a butt rash, you're like, fuck it up. I'm just going to make an all nighter. Some, sometimes, sometimes it's a matter of not being able to sleep. Oh yeah, I didn't yeah. think about that. So uh, yeah, I mean, Tom just kind of swooped in. It was like it was weird. We we didn't even really ask him to come he just heard i don't know how that elliot was not going to be here and he just jumped in well let's just say as america's favorite newsman for 22 years running i have my ways of getting news now i also (laughs) wanted to take this opportunity because i do have something specific i wanted to talk about on the program Uh if i if i may i'd like to uh introduce the topic in my own inimitable way if i could Uh uh-huh Okay. Well, with your kind permission, I'll begin. <clears throat> He's like a vampire. A little... You gotta invite him in, Dan. <laughs> with... okay. I'll begin with a little excerpt. <clears throat> a beginning is the time for taking the most delicate care that the balances are correct. This every sister of the Bene Gesserit knows. To begin your study of the life of Mardib, then, take care that you first place him in his time. Born in the 57th year of the Padishah Emperor, Shaddam IV, and take the most special care that you locate Maldib in his place, the planet Arrakis. Do not be deceived by the fact that he was born on Caledon and lived his first 15 years there. Arrakis, the planet known as Dune, is forever his place. And that's from the manual of Maldib by the princess Rulon. Oh, I see why Tom showed up, Dan. Uh, the, uh, Tom's a big Dune head, right? You could say that uh, that particular novel by Frank Herbert has been a little bit of a life manual for me, as anyone who watched me for years on NBC Nightly News would know for a fact. Yeah, man. Now, I'm here because, as you guys know already, the the trailer for the new Dune film was just released, and I have a few thoughts about it. Oh, okay. Uh, I I guess you might as well enlighten us. Should I pull up the trailer myself, or... Will you just paint enough of a picture that I don't need it in front of me? It really depends more on the power of your imagination. (laughs) The trailer begins, as all great dunes do, 
with the Warner Brothers logo and the legendary <laughs> films logo looking yeah. very shiny, not at all what you'd expect on the dusty, gritty surface of the planet Arrakis. Uh-huh. Next, we get to our hero, Paul Atreides, played here by Timothy Chalamet. Now, he uh, sings. I mean, I, I, I mean, uh, well, I'm not even going to address the problems you had with uh, pronouncing his last name, but I believe it is Timothy, not Timothy. Wait, really? To, to yeah. me, he. I, to me, he's merely oh. a vessel for bringing us the story of Paul Atreides. I don't really care how his name is pronounced. So, Timothy Chalabrae, <laughs> it right. will continue to be. So, Paul Atreides, as you know, the heir to the House Atreides, one of the major mercenary and mercantile houses of the Galactic uh, Empire, yeah. he says something is going on with his mind that he can't control. We hear this as he kisses Chani, played by Zendaya, who you may know as Michi, who we <laughs> yeah. know is one of the women. Yes, I know Zendaya as Michi, but I, I didn't know that you would know her as Michi. That seems, uh, you know, out of your purview a little bit. Uh, I took my grandchildren to see that movie, and frankly, I only know Zendaya as Michi. I don't okay. know what else she is. For a while, I thought Michi was the actress and Zendaya was the character. And so, I think only seeing I feel her like now that's as... that's what the director said about her performance, too. <laughs> uh, we see her. She is, of course, the daughter of the Imperial Planetologist assigned to Dune, late Keynes, mm-hmm. uh, who I do not believe appears in the trailer. Anyway, yeah. we see Paul waking up and he says, there's a crusade coming. He and, or rather, two silhouetted figures that I assume can only be Paul and Chani or Paul and Lady Jessica, his mother, look at fire and fighting on the desert plain. And now is when we get past the preamble and into the real meat of the story of Paul uh, Atreides as he would, meets with, yes? Would you say that this uh, trailer uh, is good at sort of introducing the story of Dune to those who may not already be familiar with it? Or is it just sort of a series of, of images more so than a uh, plot-heavy trailer? Because you be say honest, we're getting into the story of Paul of 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 Dune that we all know, and uh, I've yeah. I've read Dune once, and I saw the the David Lynch movie as a very young man, and I still uh, uh, couldn't tell you much about the story of Dune. Well, like many movie trailers, it starts out with a kind of foreboding, ominous thing. Mm-hmm. Then you get a little bit of the characters, and then you get a you think the trailer's over, and then there's one last kind of special effects heavy yeah. moment, and yeah. then the title. I don't really uh-huh. believe that you can summarize all of the majesty of Dune in a three minute, fifty seven or so shot story like this narrative. Uh-huh. But to be honest, I've spent so many years of my life now living in Arrakis, in my headspace, yeah. that I wouldn't be yeah. able to tell you how a Dune newbie would take this kind of trailer. And now, so, t- if- Tom, Tom, would you say that living in Arrakis... Like a, like a Fremen trying to teach uh, like a newborn baby how to survive on the dusty plains of Dune, the planet Arrakis. Well, you you mentioned Fremen. It, it's it's at a certain point you forget that you're in the still suit, if you understand what I mean, uh, and yeah, it just I do becomes understand. 
like unto a second layer of skin. And that's uh-huh. what Dune is to me at this point in my <laughs> well, life. Daniel, I mean, did you have a question about Dune or about <laughs> no. my many years in uh, national broadcasting? Well, I mean, they're kind of, they're kind of tied together, actually, Tom. I was going to ask, you said that you uh, spent so many years living in Arrakis in your mind. Uh, was that as a way of coping with the horrors that you had to report nightly on the nightly news? No, it was merely because Frank Herbert has spun such an enthralling tale in such Mm -hmm. a fully realized world that from the first moments, from the first time that I read Dune, honestly, having picked it up somewhat randomly in an airport bookstore, intrigued by the cover showing a desert-type landscape, and I thought to myself, I would be so thirsty if I was walking along that. I wonder what happens there, and just being (laughs) enthralled. I, to be honest, it was it had not, If anything, the national news is what saved me from losing myself in yeah. Dune. Yeah. Now, if I can uh, continue, it was only by uh, telling America my supreme honor of telling America for thirty minutes what was important enough for me to talk about that I was able to anchor myself in this reality mm, and not yeah. lose myself the way a spice addict would to yeah. the uh, innumerable visions uh-huh. of an ever unfolding galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the news was sort of your inception sort of top that yeah. uh, allowed you to re- re-enter the real world. Uh, I think that much like the movie Inception, that is a thin metaphor overlaying <laughs> not much. <laughs> but I suppose, yes, you could say that. Now, here's where we get to the real meat of the story. As Paul meets with the Bene Gesserit mother, Reverend Mother, Gaius Helen Moyham, played here by a Charlotte Rowling, and Mm -hmm. uh, she is, of course, asking him questions about the visions he receives. This is interrupted by the name of the director, a Frenchman, Denis Villeneuve, who Uh is, of course, the director of movies like Arrival and Sicario. You know, know, uh, Tom, it's interesting to say that I think that you probably pronounced that director's last name as well as uh, Elliot might if he were here we can only imagine since he as mentioned before is dealing with a medical malady (laughs) of a particularly sensitive nature we see a storm over Arrakis. Uh, this shot is, seems to be more uh, filler, to be honest, and perhaps uh-huh. yeah. a, an example of special effects, but they're just building suspense yeah, for building one, of, yeah. one of the key iconic moments in the Dune story, when uh-huh. Paul, of course, takes the test of the Gom Javar and yeah. has to see if his human awareness can overcome his animal instinct to pull uh-huh. his hand from a box uh, full yeah. of pain. If he withstands the pain, then... He understands that death is worse than pain and that all fear can be overcome. But if his animal instincts overcome his rationality and his human awareness, then, of course, he cannot take part in his fated role in the Bene Gesserit breeding plan to bring about the enlightenment of humanity in the role of the Quisatatarach, who has access to the visions of the golden path. Not much of that is explained in the trailer, but you do find out that he sticks his hand in a very painful box. Hey Dan, do you think do you think I would succeed in the test of the Gam Jabbar? Uh oh boy. Yeah, I think you are the most likely to see well I think I'm the least likely to see this. Yeah, you get smoked, dude. Let's say that I have to Dan, just as a listener of the podcast, I assume you would 
tap out before actually taking the test. They would <laughs> explain to you that a poison-tipped needle would be held to your neck yeah. while your hand was put in a box, and that alone would be enough for you to say, you know what, I'm tired, and I don't need to have any of this in my life. Well, that's, and you'd, prob- you'd probably like- go and watch uh, an 80s horror or bikini movie that you'd already <laughs> seen a few times. <laughs> that's, I mean, that all that's seems totally accurate. accurate. Yeah. I didn't... I. I was, is that a, an option? Can you just say, uh, yeah. you know what? No thanks. Was that because like it seems like that would be a pretty good one? It would end the book pretty quickly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> do you think? Do you think? Uh, do you think bikinis exist in the world of Dune? Because everybody seems to just wear like black leather. I think in the universe of Dune, perhaps, but on the world of Arrakis, very <laughs> unlikely. To expose so much of your skin to the harsh desert sun and the uh-huh. flying grit from the constant sandstorms would leave yeah. you with burns and abrasions, not to mention how much moisture you would lose from having true, such yeah. little covering in such a hostile climate. Uh-huh. Now, speaking of that hostile climate, we now see a landscape of Arrakis, followed by a shot of Paul walking along a beach somewhere I'm guessing Caledon because I don't remember a lot of oceans on Arrakis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We quickly get a moment of Paul training in the use of his energy armor and fighting knife with his weapons master, Gurney Halleck, played here by Josh Brola. Now, uh-huh. Josh yeah. Brola has <laughs> the gravitas. Josh who? Josh? Brola. Josh Brola. You may remember him as Kano from the Avenger movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. When he took possession of the Infinity Gauntlet and <laughs> was able to eliminate half the universe's population, uh, mm-hmm. a scope only matched by the thousands of years of timeline in the Frank Herbert Dune saga. <laughs> now, there is a voiceover stating that Paul has learned to rule himself, but he must now learn to rule others. A premonition both of his role as heir to the Atreides house as a son of Duke Leto, who we shall see is played by Oscar Isaac, and also his oh, wow, greater role as, one. <laughs> because his name is, to be honest, very easy to say, and his role <laughs> as the Quetzal Haderach, who will bring across mm-hmm. a jihad throughout the universe causing the death of billions i assume they will save that for the second movie now <laughs> duke leto as we know played by oscar Arza, i got it the first time and for yeah. some reason could yeah. not stick the landing yeah. the second pronunciation he's at a tomb of some kind we're told by a voiceover he rules a planet but he's going to lose it a quick shot of i assume lady jessica duke leto's mm-hmm. wife and Phil's mother, who of course betrayed the Bene Gesserit plan by not having a daughter and having a son, because as any Dune head knows, the Bene Gesserit can control the gender of their unborn children. Now, yeah. off to the plains oh. of Dune, where they are disembarking from some kind of huge tank or something. It looks a yep. little bit like a Jawa sandcrawler, but bigger <laughs> and less featureful. Not since uh, uh, Stuart explained Warhammer to me. Have I been lost in a thicket of just uh, letter soup? Uh Well, don't worry, because it's about to get a lot simpler and more complicated. Because Duke Leona's family will be greeted by a hearty companion. That's, of course, Duncan Idaho, the other Mm -hmm. weapons master and fighter. Hold on, hold on, wait, wait, hold on, wait. Duncan Idaho, yeah. character in June whose last name is Idaho, which is the Uh name... 
Very of much a so. State in on in the United States on well, Earth. Remember, uh-huh. Dan, this is set in the far future. Idaho uh-huh. is still a storied land known oh, throughout okay. for its right. potatoes, the, some would say, <laughs> life-giving essence, second only to the spice in its importance yeah. to the galactic economy. Uh-huh. Idaho, of course, a, taking an Eldorado-type position in yeah, the yeah. Duniverse. He is, of course, played by... Jason Momoa, who is best uh-huh. known as, I, at this point, I assume, Aquaman from the DC movies. Now, uh-huh. there's a brief shot of, so brief I had to watch it again, to tell that it was, of course, Stilgar, leader of the Fremen tribe at Siege Tabor, played here by Javier Bardem, the uh-huh. villain from the James Bond movie where he's the bad guy in it. Uh-huh. The- yep, he's the- <laughs> <laughs> that one. Okay. Uh, we hear from someone that Arrakis is a death trap over massed armies. Perhaps these armies are at the command of the next person we see, Beast Raban, Count of Lankaville, and eldest nephew of the Baron Harkonnen. He's played by Dave Bodeza. And, of mm-hmm. course, the yep. Fremen people of Arrakis, as you, I'm surely know, know him as Mudir Nahia, which translate roughly as demon ruler. Now, of course, we only see him for but a moment before we are introduced to his boss and uncle, the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, who is looking Uh very foggy and is played by Stalin Skarsgård. Now, there is a lot of uh, fire and bad things. Jessica looks very concerned, but we've got more characters to meet in this trailer. For instance, Dr. Wellington Yu, played by Chang Mm -hmm. Chen, who, as we all know, will go on to betray the Atreides family, kind of. Now, I assume he is a distinct descendant of one Stuart Wellington, uh, since, again, this takes place in the far future. We see some armored bad dudes, real badass fighter types. I assume these are the... Uh They got to say the the president. Uh Uh, No, they are, in fact, probably, I'm guessing, the Sardaukar, the fanatically elite fighting force of the emperor. Then we get a shot of Paul walking purposely toward the camera. Uh, Duncan Idaho, again played by Jason Mama, Uh says, let's fight like demons, and then starts fighting uh, people in armor as they run at him. Back to the reverend mother of the Bene Gesserit, as she says, an animal caught in a trap will gnaw off its own leg. What? will you do? There's a shot of Chani standing outside. We see Paul in his still suit, uh-huh. Chani in her still suit, spaceships, explosions. At this part, to be honest, it just looks like a bigger budget version of the David Lynch Dune, but without the score by Toto. There's uh, Baron Harkonnen, I assume, emerging from a sort of apocalypse now mudbath. And here is where we get to the portion of the trailer I call the walking purposefully towards the camera. Lady Jessica walks purposefully uh-huh. towards Played the camera. Played by Rebecca Ferguson. Played by Rebecca Vargasa. Duck in uh-huh. Idaho salutes with a blade. Paul salutes with a blade. Paul watches from his airship as a sand pit swallows a kind of sand crawler. Dr. Wellington Yu walks purposefully toward the camera. There's a Fremen lady, a dragonfly helicopter. Then Robin Harkonnen, the beast, walks purposefully towards the camera. Duke Leto looks kind of sad. And Paul says, I see you. I don't think he's referring to the shot from before. That's kind of a Kuleshov experiment in juxtaposition uh-huh. and editing. We'll have to see the final version. Another quick <laughs> shot of Stilgar. I assume Javier Bardem was not a big enough star to get his face in the trailer that much. Then there's some text that says, Beyond Fear, Duncan Idaho walks purposefully towards the camera. Then mm-hmm. Destiny awaits. Zendaya's hair in slow-mo. Paul yells in slow-mo. And now Paul launches into a shortened version of the 
litany against fear, which in the original book goes like this. <laughs> I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear, I will permit it to pass over me and through me, and when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. I, of course, recited this before every episode of NBC Nightly News <laughs> for my 22 years of hosting that storied program. It was a little wink at Dune, as if to say to the planet Arrakis, I'll be back to you in a half hour when I'm done dealing with this small, blue, pitiful planet of the distant past that we call Earth. Okay. Then there's some flying right. machines. I mean, like, that, someone, we, we, someone, we're almost done with the trailer, Daniel. Earth, someone, might, <laughs> Earth might have problems, but it's not built on a on an intergalactic drug trade. I mean... Uh, I, now who's being naive, Daniel? Okay. <laughs> That's it's called oil. It, there's a re, there's, it's not that hard to look at the metaphors. They're rich and thick like a good gumbo, not, uh -huh. and not unlike the exact opposite of Inception, which is sort of a uh, killer's mask, a sociopath's public face, behind which <laughs> lies nothing. Jeez. Now, someone dips their hand in sand. Uh, Duncan Idaho kneels and calls Paul the Duke. Paul walks in slow-mo, purposefully towards the camera, and you mm -hmm. think the trailer is almost over when you're thinking to yourself, how have I not seen a sandworm? It's perhaps <laughs> the most notable thing about Arrakis is these giant freaking worms that the Fremen ride and worship as the makers when suddenly the ground erupts and people run away. It's a sandworm, not looking unlike, say, a sarlacc that has been pulled inside out, uh -huh. like a prolapsed colon, if you will, of oh, a sarlacc. looks like a butt. We get the title, Dune. End. Of trailer and much of this trailer if, uh, is uh, is also scored to a cover of Eclipse by Pink Floyd. Now are you now what do you what how do you feel about that, Tom? What uh, what are your Pink Floyd feelings? To be honest, I if I had known, I think I would have been fine with it. But I was so. So, I was so in the world of Arrakis that I was actually humming the soundtrack I had composed to the book when I read mm -hmm. it. So that I yep. and it goes something like. It's got a very Thomas Dolby feel when the lyrics kick in. certainly did at the end. Some elements of Danny Elfman in there. It started kind of like the Price is Right theme, and then it got, yeah, it got a little more Thomas Dolby. There was a period when, outside of hosting the nightly news, I was only reading Dune and watching The Price is Right. Yeah. Uh, it was a low point in my life when I really lost track of who I was as a person and also reality. And, of uh -huh. course, a series of hypnotic suggestions had to be planted by the world's most noted hypnotherapists in order to uh -huh. snap me out of that fugue state for the 30 minutes it took to tape NBC Nightly <laughs> News. I would repeat the words phonetically as they were read into my ear because at that point I had lost the ability to speak American English and I only spoke the languages of Frank Herbert. Hi, my name is Graham Clark and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years and uh, at the moment... Instead of being in person, we're recording remotely, and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag.
That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about uh, this. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. And okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. Hi, I'm James, host of Minority Corner, which is a podcast that's all about intersectionality. It's hosted by James with a guest host every week. Discussing all sorts of wonderful issues, nerdy and political. Pop culture. Black, queer, feminism. Race, sexuality. News. You're going to learn your history, their self-empowerment, and it's told by what feels like your best friend. Why should someone listen to Minority Corner? Why not? Oh my God, free stuff. There's not free stuff. The listeners of Minority Corner will enjoy some necessary LOLs, but mainly a look at what's happening in our world through a colorful lens. People will get the perspective of marginalized communities. I feel heard. I feel seen. Like you said, you need to understand how to be more proactive in your community and this is a great way to get started. Join us every Friday on Max Fun or wherever you get your podcast. Minority, Minority Corner. Corner. Because, because together, together we're the majority. Uh, well, you know, I... I... Now that we've uh, gone through the trailer, I know you've got more to say, Tom, but uh, I feel like it's a good time to take a little break to thank our sponsor for this episode, uh, Stitch Fix, who I'm sure is happy that they bought a uh, an ad on our most accessible episode, like one that makes a lot of sense to everyone and isn't built on sort of a, a long-running uh, uh, in-joke. But uh, Stitch Fix, hey... Wouldn't it be great if every... I, I think they probably would appreciate it more if you pronounce the name of the company correctly. Since yeah. I don't believe that Frix, F-R-I-X, is a word. Stitch Fix. But No, yeah. but you're right, Dan. I'm the one who's at fault here. People should go to Stitch Frix's website and use their fine product. Or perhaps Stitch Fixed, who bought time on the program. Continue, Dan. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, sticks. St- <laughs> Again, <laughs> sticks. I don't know how that was going to end, but sticks fix and sticks fitch are not also again. At this point, I think he's just fucking with us, Tom. <laughs> it's it's interesting that I didn't know how to pronounce Timothy Charlemagne's name, and I was made the butt of ridicule. And yet, you have trouble with stitch fix. All right. Okay. Hold on. Take, take three. Stitch fix wouldn't it be great if every clothing store you shopped at had only your size what styles you like and at the price you want well stitch fix is a personal styling company that makes getting the clothes you love effortless to get started go to stitchfix.com slash flophouse to set up your profile and they'll deliver great looks personalized just for you in your colors styles and budget you pay a $20 styling fee for each fix which is credited towards anything you keep schedule at any time there's no subscription required plus shipping returns and exchanges are easy and free you can get started today at stitchfix.com flophouse and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash flophouse for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. I'll say it one more time because they highlighted it. Stitchfix.com slash flophouse. 
Nailed it. Wow. Okay. So now that we've... That's, uh, that's what we in the business and broadcasting call a done-in-one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so now, now I ha- we've, we've gone over the trailer. And yes, and I, and I do have... Uh, thank you for asking. I do have some broad thoughts to relay yeah, about yeah. the trailer and this new vision that Dennis Villeneuve has for Frank Herbert's masterpiece. Can this be Dune. a new reoccurring segment called Broad Thoughts? Sure. Or, or if it ain't broke, uh, don't fix it. Okay. (laughs) So in this episode of If It Ain't Broke, Call, Don't Fix It, we'll get to the trailer of Dune, uh, and we're also brought to you by Stitch Fix. Sometimes stitches do need fixing, and that's what Stitch Fix is for. Okay, but if it ain't Brokaw, don't fix it. So are you asking us to fix you, John Brokaw? Is that, this is a cry for help? This whole episode has clearly been a cry for help in many different ways. And if you didn't catch on to it until now, that's your problem. Now, something that I find... First, I'll go with... Uh, I'll make a classic shit sandwich where I will start with a compliment. Sure, I will yeah. then have a criticism, and then I will have a compliment. And uh-huh, so yeah. uh, there's a lot of uh, Takes walking... Takes out. So, yeah, here's, here's my first compliment. I love the walking purposefully towards the camera. This is a world yeah. of people with strong purposes, and they've got to walk places, and that camera is in their way. So I can't wait to see what happens when they reach the camera with that purposeful walking. Also, it's excitingly beige. It is a limited color palette on the planet of Arrakis, and they <laughs> yep. have steered into the curve of that. Now, off of the compliments onto the major criticism, something I was screaming out loud while watching the trailer when it dropped a scant few days ago, uh, where is Fade Rautha Rabin, the yep. other nephew of Baron Harkonnen, mm-hmm. some would say <laughs> the better nephew, the handsome, cunning, and vain nephew that the Baron is choosing to make his heir, and who figures quite heavily into the climactic fight between him and Paul Atreides. Now, Daniel, you may remember this character as the one played by Sting in the David Lynch I, I version. I do remember. That, uh-huh. is, that is one he of says, He says, I will kill him! Yes, that, that's... He, as as mentioned, he says, I will kill him. That is, is his famous line. Do you, do you want to know what the top three images... I recall from the David Lynch version. Yeah, sure. Uh, drop them on me. Uh, number one, shirtless Sting. Yeah. Number two, in his little, in his tiny space underpants. Yeah. <laughs> number two, I think it's, I think it's Harkonnen uh, with all the boils on his face. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the Baron Vladimir. Uh, I remember that, and of course, uh, the big like like brain looking thing in the tank. The third the navigator. stage navigator. Yes. Yeah. The one who looks kind of like a cross between a fetus, a turtle and a scrotum, but enormous mm-hmm. floating in a tank of some kind of amber sort of liquid. That's what happens when you take too much of the spice from Arrakis. Uh, it's, it's, not related to the gum jabbar. So those are your two choices, Dan. You can either put yourself through the pain test or you can be that guy. What's it going to be? Uh, I think we know which one Dan would pick. I mean, he that guy, to be that guy. <laughs> seems like he's having a pretty good time. Like it's just like he's just like floating in a tank. That's like he is, back in he the, is the womb. It is the closest that anyone in Dune gets to kicking back. So yeah. I understand your choice. <laughs> Also not seen in the trailer is uh, Peter DeVries, the evil Mentat. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure he'll, he's going to pop up possibly. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and now, so my rage at not seeing Fade Rotha, some would say the most uh, intriguing non-Paul character in the yeah. book, uh, was a disappointment. But, however, and here is a final compliment, it was exciting to see Charlotte Rampling in the role of <laughs> Bene Gesserit, uh, Reverend Mother, Guys Helen Mariam. Uh, it reminded me of in some ways, maybe an older version of her character of Consuela from the movie Zardoz. A similar film in some ways, and perhaps one that I will draw connections to when I'm watching. Wow, that's, uh, a, that's a pretty exhaustive summary of this trailer. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the exhaustive. That's, like, yeah, that's all I'm the- a fucking <laughs> professional. I'm a broadcast pro, you son. So, Dan, how excited would you be if you were just hanging out on, like, a sandy beach or a Mm -hmm. desert or something, and a giant worm popped out of the ground, and it had a giant gaping butthole for a head? It is a real anus of a face for this worm. I I gotta say, uh, sandworm-wise, this is my third favorite. That's the face of God you're talking about, (laughs) Dan. This is the third favorite uh, sandworm I've seen after... Uh, the Beetlejuice sandworm and That's the original uh, David Lynch sandworm. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other sandworms kind of fall by the wayside for you? Uh, I mean, the <laughs> yeah. Sandworm- who didn't make it into the top three, Dan? Well, uh, why are the graboids saw, not in there? There's a worm I saw in the sand when I went uh, to the beach as like a two-year-old when I visited California for the first time. Oh man. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of fun here tonight. Dan, nah, uh, Tom Brokaw, me, dude. <laughs> yep, that's the only three people who are here. You, me, and Tom Brokaw, and no one else. Well, Tom, thanks for coming out. Uh, I'm sure you probably have something really important to do later. Uh, it's, where are you in New York or L.A. right now? Well, you could say that mentally... There's only one place I ever am, no matter where my physical body is. New York or L.A.? That's Arrakis. Uh, Physically, of course, I'm on my compound in Bozeman, Montana, as I ride out what Uh I think is the first stages of the apocalypse. uh, And I continue through the middle and final stages as they lead inevitably to the future first seen by the Quisettes Haderach. Oh, that's no. great. So uh, normally, whenever we have a guest on, we ask if they have anything they want to plug. You got anything you yeah. want to plug, Tom? Uh, just the novel Dune by Frank Herbert. Oh, sure. Yeah. I didn't I mean, write it myself, but it, at this point, it's hard for me to tell where I begin and Dune ends. We uh-huh. have become so much one mind and one body. Not so much the sequels to Dune, which trail off quite a bit, but the original novel, yes, very much so. I mean, I've been watching your Instagram account, Tom, and I keep seeing you posing uh, wrapped up in a sleeping bag like you're the sandworm on the cover of God Emperor of Dune. Uh, is that intentional? Is that a little Easter egg for the Dune heads? <laughs> I'm uh, glad that you got that reference, Stuart. That was very much how I intended it. Uh, in fact, I've been doing a series of photos, only some of which I've shared with the public, in which I reenact Scenes and iconic images from Dune playing all of the characters myself. <laughs> and occasionally I put on silly clothes and pretend to be the dogs from William Wegman's photography. You know, when there's the two dogs that wear human clothes. But uh-huh, those photos crazy. just come out as me wearing human clothes, <laughs> which doesn't have quite the effect of a dog wearing, uh, say, a human trench coat and a hat. 
But so you're holding a, a sign that says you're a, a dog, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, to make it clear, I had to put a sign around my neck that says, imagine I am a dog right now. Uh-huh. And what I'm, it's at a certain point, the concept becomes slightly muddy. <laughs> and you and you and you hired Bobby Moynihan to stand in the background of every picture, uh, dressed up like a dog catcher. <laughs> not every picture, but many of them. Yes, just, just to the, help not drive home ones. the point. Just help to drive home the point that I am a dog, and also to have a little bit of fun. Bobby is out here on the ranch with me in Bozeman, and together we will begin a new civilization when the current one falls. Would it be based around the teachings of the Princess Irulan in the book Dune? Well, I think you could probably guess the answer to that. Well, uh, I'd like to thank you for being here. Uh, so I guess you're plugging your Instagram. And I, I, one last question before yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, my, my, my Instagram, if it ain't broke off, Dune fix it. <laughs> that's very, the full. That's very, the full handle. Very confusing. But uh, uh, before you go, and there's there's no apostrophe in a very complicated way. I think. <laughs> before you go, I did want to ask, uh, you know, if there's one character name that from the book that you uh, didn't get to say that you just would like to throw in here at the very end, this would be the time. Uh, but if there's nothing. Don't feel uh, pressured by me, the Tom Brokaw Dune fanboy. I mean, it doesn't. No one in the characters, but if you'd like me to go over the cast of the film again, of course, that's <laughs> Dune coming out uh, this year, starring Timothy Jalama. And of uh, course, there's Dave Bautista, Stellan uh, Skarsgård, Charlotte yep. Rampling, Oscar mm-hmm. Isaac, Zendaya, yep. Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin, Jessica Boa, and Chan Chan, and of course, uh, Rebecca Ferguson. So that's the cast of the film Dune. It was, of course, directed by Dennis Villeneuve, and the screenplay is by Dennis Villeneuve, Harry Rock, and John Spine. There's music is by Hans Zimmer, with cinema. Mary Parent, Dennis Villano, and of course, make up a Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.